the author of the book, The Iron Triangle, joins me now. He is a friend of mine, friend of the show, someone who speaks straight, tells it like it is, and you know we don't mind him doing it here on the C.L. Bryant Show. Help me welcome back my good buddy, Vince Allison. Thank you so much for being with me. How are you, friend? Brian, I'm happy to be with you today. Thank you so very much for having me. Vince, I want you to, to have your way here, man. You know you can have free reign on my show. I love what you're putting down. love the way you cook it. Uh, tell the folks, first of all, about your book, why you wrote it, what's the genesis of it, and what the purpose is to in writing it. Well, for the people that have not heard me on your show before, Reverend Brian, thank you for that opportunity to speak with them. Um I, 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 I wrote the book about maybe less, a little less than a year ago. And, um, well, it came out a little less than a year ago. Um, I was wondering, and a lot of my friends had asked me, why do the African, African-American community, a Christian African-American community, vote in such large numbers for the anti-Christian Democrat Party? And this was something that I was concerned about because I just saw the black community really, really, really going in the wrong direction. I saw that their politics had a lot to do with it. So, um, so I started to go over my life, and I started to try to understand what happened to our community. How did we slide from kind of coming this from being this very, very family-based Christian or Christian-oriented society into this this blindly following a leftist, communist, anti-Christian Democrat party? So I started with. Uh, when I was a young man, I was, I, well, when I was a child, I was born on a cotton plantation in Haywood County, Tennessee, back in, 19, back in 1963, and my father was a sharecropper. And uh, he, 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 we were very, very poor up until I was like nine years old, and my father found that he was uh, very good in the insurance industry, opened up his own agency, and pulled us out of poverty. I, I, and I thought everybody had overcome. And uh, I started, uh, I went to college, me and my brothers and sisters, we all did very well, and I started working in the prison industry in, in, in the 90s in South Carolina. And I saw that we started reverting. Black men were going to prison in the 90s in astronomical numbers. And uh, this was during the Clinton-Biden crime bill. And I started asking the black intelligentsia, man, what's going on? I mean, we went from um, three prisons in South Carolina in the 1980s to over 40 by the end of the 90s. And, of course, they told me that it was these evil, rich, white Republicans that just wanted to lock black people up, you know. And so I decided to leave my post as a correctional officer and decided to try to stop locking black men up and started trying to help them stay out of jail. Well, wow. when I went into the black community, I saw something pretty interesting. I saw no rich, white Republicans. You see a leprechaun before you saw one. But I did see a lot of black Democrats. And more than anything, I saw these three entities making a lot of money off of the, off of the, uh, the uh, chaos. And I call these guys the Iron Triangle. They were most black preachers, not good ones like you, but you know what I'm talking about. I know oh, I know what you're talking about, most, Vince. Most black preachers, most black politicians, and most black civic organizers. Vince, and let me ask you this. They paid by white liberals to keep the black community under control for the Democrat Party. Let and me ask you it, this. And they do it very, very well. Vince, you, uh, you mentioned, so you mentioned the black intelligentsia. You mentioned mm-hmm. the black intelligentsia. Now, now you and I, you and I, know what that is in full disclosure folks vince ellison and myself are both black followers of jesus christ first and foremost and we uh wave the conservative banner 
we're, we, we vote Republican, most likely. But, you know, that's the, way, that's the way it is. Just full disclosure. Now, you and I know the question that I'm asking you, but I want you to speak to it. Who is, what is, when you say black intelligentsia, what is Vince Ellison talking about? They, they are the, the, black, the part of the black community that make so much, that make money and get their power from the Democrat Party. They are the ones that uh, are the college professors. They are the ones that are the uh, administrators in the public educational system. They are the black politicians. They are the big-time black ministers that ride around in the, in the big fancy cars while their congregations are poor and have nothing. Uh, they're, they're the poverty pants. Uh, Reverend Brian, you know exactly who I'm talking about. They're the ones that keep the black community exactly where they're supposed to be for the Democrat Party, and they make a lot of money off of it. They have a lot of power. They sit in the black, the big chairs. They run the universities. They're the, they're, 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 they're the school superintendents. Uh, um, uh, they're, the, they're the politicians, school board members. They're the ones that you have to go to to get things done. They're the Jesse Jacksons, the Sharptons, the Clyburns. Did- they're that group. Did they gain power through the black church? How did that, how did they get the stranglehold on the vote? You and I have talked about this, but, but let's, let's talk about it with America. Uh, how did they get that stranglehold? A lot of it came through the civil rights movement. We were, you know, the black community seemed to be doing pretty well between the, after, the, after World War II, between 1940. In, in the 1960s. As a matter of fact, there's this great statistic uh, that I saw in Forbes magazine that said that um, Tuskegee Institute had produced more self-made millionaires than Princeton, Harvard, and Yale combined by, by 1940. It was an amazing statistic. I didn't know that one. Wow, I didn't um, know that either. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 it, it, um, uh, uh, we, 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 we had Jackie Robinson, the integrated baseball, without a march. We had uh, Muhammad Ali become heavyweight champion of the world without a march. We had Joe Lewis knock out Max Melling down at Yankee Stadium. We didn't have to march. We integrated the NFL and the NBA without one march. Black people had colleges and universities and high schools. They were doing well. But all of a sudden, the black intelligentsia started telling us that we needed to, to, to separate ourselves from our culture and we needed to forcibly integrate. Now, you and I both know that that segregation was wrong. Nobody's ever said it was right. It was it's wrong. It should always be wrong. Right. But what we did was we 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 we, we allowed a segment of, of of liberal society to enter into our black churches, and and we decided to partner with them in order to to start our civil rights movement. And once they got into our black church, we did not change them. They changed us. And they've used our church from then, from from up from the '60s up until now, as a platform to press their liberal, unchristian ideology. And you know, now the church and the Democratic Party has become the black church and the Democratic Party has just become grafted together. Uh, the politics and the uh, church are, are are one, and they shouldn't be because the Democratic Party and their ideology is completely opposite of the concepts and ideas of Jesus Christ. They believe in abortion. Black church does not. Jesus Christ does not. They believe in uh, same-sex marriage. Whether you believe it or not yourself privately, that's not a tenet of our church. They believe in uh, uh, the the LGBTQ movement. If you want to uh, agree with that yourself, that's your business. When you start talking about the Catholic church, 
the Methodist Church, AME Church, Baptist Church, the Over Witness Church, Seventh Adventist, they don't believe in it. And so we, and then they took prayer out of schools, and they uh, 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 put a wedge between the black community and Jesus Christ. And whenever people start talking about the problems in our community, they always talk about what government is supposed to be doing. No, no, our unalienable rights come from God. In his book, The Second Treaties of Government, uh, John Locke said that these rights were unalienable. That means they are irrevocable, non-transferable, unsellable. But we were taught during the Civil Rights Movement that we were supposed to go to government for these unalienable rights. And no, they come from God. And see, how are we supposed to know that they come from God when in our public education system right now, you can't even call his name. I just Can't love. I just love to hear you go with it, man. I just love it. Just love it. Just love it. Because, uh, folks, you see what what we see in authors that uh, like Vince Ellison, and we're going to tell you how to get a hold of his book here in just a minute. You see, uh, and you when you hear voices on radio like mine, you see the fruit of those who came before us. Vince, let me ask you this question here, and I hope you can stay with me through the break. I, I want to talk to you a little bit after after the break. Um, when we look back, you mentioned this on, I, I grew, I'm a little bit older than you, not, not, not few, not many years older than you, but I'm older than you, than, than you are. Uh, but when I look back on growing up in the late fifties and, and through the sixties, uh, I saw a black community that was thriving. We had our own dress shops. We had even the movie theater in Shreveport. We had all kinds of things, you know, shoe shops, uh, you know, everything. Uh, restaurants for certain, you, best food in town. Everybody came to the black community. To eat. White folks came to the black community to eat at the restaurants in the black community. And uh, because the food was so good. What I'm getting at is even though times were not as equitable for us as a people in this country back then. You and I both remember it. But we seem to be better people, better families, uh, educated. You know, you know, talking about your father who uh, found his way to pull himself up out of poverty. My dad, uh, before he went into World War II, my mother was just cheating him in the read. He only had a third grade education, but he became a very successful restaurant uh, 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 businessman. And, and, and so uh, the, were we better people? I want to talk about that, Vince. Let's start talking about it right now. Uh, talk, talk to us about that from your perspective. We've got about three minutes left in this segment. Well, I, we, we, we were because we depended on God and not government. See, uh, what we should have done in, in the Civil Rights Movement, uh, uh, we, if, if, if white people didn't want to serve us at their restaurants, we should have said, tell me what I'm going to do. I'm going to start my own restaurant. I'm going to make my food better. And when I do, you're invited to it. And our light, as Jesus said, let your light shine. So people will see your good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. And segregation would have fallen on its own. Instead, we had people that said, we need to go to Washington, D.C. See, if you don't want to feed me, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. I'm going to get the government to come down and put a gun to your head, and I'm going to make you fix me that hamburger. Now, that didn't change that man's heart. Right. Matter of fact, it hardened his heart. Right. And then, matter of fact, it changed the way we, as black people, we started seeing how we were supposed to change his heart. Herschel Walker tells his great story. I'll never forget it. He was talking about when he played football at Georgia. And he said that they had won this big, big game. And Herschel was a freshman. And he said that when he came out of the locker room, he needed state troopers to protect him sometimes from, from the fans. Right. He said he came out, 
and these people were trying to get to him. He said, and he was trying to get to his car, and he saw this old white man, Holly, Hersha, 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 bring him over. What does he want? He said this man came to him weeping, said, Hersha, I was the biggest Klansman in Georgia. Wow. But you changed me. Wow. You changed me. Seeing Hersha Walker wear that Georgia red, running through those tackles, making those touchdowns, made that man understand. I tell people, Motown and football did more to bring black and white folks together than any, any march that, that was ever created in the South. <laughs> I love it, we man. We have to learn to love one another. Ain't that what Jesus said, Reverend Brian? Motown and football. I love that, man. I just love it. And Jesus did say, let your light shine. You know, when you mentioned that, uh, Vince Ellison is my guest. And uh, I, 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 I remember that, yes, uh, when we think about it, we did have uh, everything that we needed and, and, and in, in our communities and, and so forth. And we were a better people and emanated from the church. Everything centered around what happened. Our, our community meetings happened at the church. And so, Vince, tell folks how to get in touch with you. You can go to my website, irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com. You can also read blogs there. There are some of my appearances are there. And you can also buy my book, Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Go to any bookstores, usually inside the bookstores also. And, and Brother Brian, all of this burning and looting, this is not of God. This is not who we are. You don't bring people to you by doing that. We have to love one another. We have to show them how good we are because we are good. We are good. And you and I both know white people that we love. And black people that love us back. And why do they, why do we love each other? Because we're good to each other. Not because we force ourselves on them or we try to, try to make them love us. It's because we have seen goodness in them. They've seen goodness in us. And I'll tell you, it's a human thing. You come together and you love one another. You know, Vince, when I come back uh, on the other side of the break with Vince Ellison, the author of the book, uh, The Iron Triangle, uh, we're going to talk about that uh, exactly. Uh, where are we missing the mark here as understanding each other? I want to talk to him about uh, racism and uh, the uh, promotion of racism by seeing racists behind every tree. Uh, I grew up in the South too, Vince, um, son of farmers and um, the property I own, uh, still have in my family, been in our family for 157 years, is right after slavery, and so and down in Louisiana, and so I, I understand race, and I've known racist, real ones, not no, not 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 your your imagined ones that these kids are seeing uh, in, in their on the streets of, of America today, but real ones. Vince and I are going to talk about that when we return. I'm C. L. Bryant. This is the C. L. Bryant Show. Back with Vince Ellison. Don't go anywhere. Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. 
turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot, on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA across the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet and the greatest success story the world has ever known and that is America coast to coast border to border over the talk monster the largest talk platform in the country red state talk radio most listened to coast to coast and around the globe and glad to be a part of their family if you're traveling through Times square look up above ripley's believe it or not that iconic building is host to our billboard right above ripley's and every hour 24 7 the cl bryant show does in fact pop up right there on that billboard a half a block from where I don't know if they're going to drop the big ball uh, this uh, year or not. All the things that we know and love as tradition in this country are gradually and certainly trying to be changed. And um, as you know, it's going to take men and women of courage to stand up and face down the enemies of this Judeo-Christian Republic. Yes, it was built on those foundations. There's nothing uh, wrong with proclaiming that. There's nothing wrong with patriotism either. And someone who's on with me right now who knows all about that and knows all about our next topic is my special guest here today, Vince Ellison, author of the book, The Iron Triangle. Vince, tell everybody again how to get a hold of your book and how to bring you to a city near them. Well, you can go to my website, irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com. You can buy my book on Amazon or barnesandnoble.com or just drop it in any bookstore and you'll see it there. Uh, this book will explaining you not only why we are separated by race in this country, but also how we can come together. CCL, 75% of white folks in America say they're Christian. 85% of black people say that we're Christian. Jesus Christ's last um, prayer before he went to the cross was for unity, for us to stay together, because he knew our state was going to come and divide divide us. He said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. A house divided against itself cannot stand. And since that time, we've had these liberals come in. And, and these liberals are, are anti-Christian, anti-God, anti-man, whispering in our ear, telling us that our brothers and sisters, our white brothers and sisters in Christ, hate us and want to do us harm. And they don't. And this is how they keep us divided. And, of course, that's that old Balbillian term that you and I know about. You know, uh, uh, 90% of any gig is showing up, and our GOP politicians don't show up. Yeah. But... We shouldn't expect them to. This task has been given to us by Jesus Christ. He gave us that great commission that said, take this gospel. And he said, and don't, he said start here in Jerusalem, Samaria, and Judea, and then take it to the uttermost parts of the world. Yeah. Now, what have we done? We've taken it to Asia, to Africa, South America, but now we've refused to go across the street and share it with our brothers and sisters, and that's why our house is left unto us desolate. And we're fighting 
amongst ourselves because our young brothers and sisters in Christ have grabbed hold to an apostate religion that is telling them they must be affirmed by man. They should be. They have to understand they need to be affirmed by God and God only. It doesn't matter how man feels about them. They have to understand forgiveness, forbearance, love. These are the things that take you forward. The things they're doing now, this destruction, this killing, this murder, it will do them no good. As a matter of fact, it's just sending them back further and further and further. It is a shame to watch it, and I know that your heart breaks just like mine every time you see it. Yes, indeed. You know, Vince Ellison is my special guest, and Vince, uh, you're right on it. There seems to be, uh, to me, Vince, a paradox that is taking place uh, on the landscape of the black community, the young black community in particular. They are the most diverse racially uh, as far as uh, our people have ever been uh, overall, but they seem to be also of the separatists or or, or, or being uh, attacked by racists on every corner uh, mindset as well. They they seem to be torn uh, within the, their own uh, worldview or their own thinking of who they are and where they are on race. You and I were very clear about who we were and where we wanted to go and what we wanted out of this country. Our young people don't seem to have that same type of vision as to where they are, what they want from this country, and, and, and how to get there, Vince. Talk to us about uh, that conundrum that we're seeing. These are the children of Barack Obama. Think about this, E.L. Barack Obama became president in 2008. Well, he won in 2008, but he started running for president in 2006. Now, think about a 24, 25, 26-year-old child. That was 14 years ago. They were 10, 11, 12 years old. So Barack Obama is, is, is their whole political spectrum. And the last two years of his administration, he was given a, 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 a job by the left. You know, we thought that when Barack became president that we had transcended, finally, this whole racial thing here in America. But the last two years of his administration, he was told to put the black community back on the Democrat plantation. And what did he do? He trashed America for the last two years of his administration. And for the first four years of Trump's administration, he continued it. He said America, he said racism was in America's DNA. He said there were people in America that couldn't make it no matter how hard they tried. He, 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 he framed the flames of racism with Trayvon Martin and Michael Brown. Uh, 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 he, 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 everything was about race to him. And then after Donald Trump won, they put it into hyperdrive. And these children... Unlike you and I, who believed when we were growing up that we could have everything we wanted in this country, became young people that believed that race was a barrier. Why did they believe that? Their president told them it was. And every time they had a failure, unlike you and I, who just dust ourselves up and get back to work, they were told, stay down. Racist America will not let you rise. Stay down. And so when you become a victim, you believe you have the right to be a victimizer. You believe you have a right to exact revenge on the person that is doing you harm. And Barack Obama, the Democrat Party, and the liberals are leading these children down a primrose path that will, that, uh, that will inevitably end up in their death or in their imprisonment. Wow. And you know what, Vince? Uh, the, the, the paradox to all of that that you've said, and it's absolutely true, the president who was telling them to be victims because race was keeping them down 
was the first president of color in the White House telling people of color that racism is their problem. It's the most paradoxical thing you can possibly point to. Uh, This man using uh, color as the president of the United States, the first colored one there, against colored people. That, that, that's the oddest thing to me. But yet we, they bought it, Vince. They bought it. 98% of black people bought it. And yep. that is the strangest thing that I can imagine. Ben, tell us and tell us again how to bring you to where we are because, man, you lay it down good. And, folks, he'll lay it down the same way if you bring him there personally. I promise you he will. So tell him how to get in touch with you. Well, go to my, my, my website again, irontrianglebook.com. That's irontrianglebook.com. And we want all of y'all to get out and vote. This is a serious, serious election. Uh, we, have our poli- not, we, we, we have our religious liberties at stake. We have our Second Amendment at stake. You know, we have black people running around, man, if if, if the gangs aren't after them. They say that the police are after them, which I don't believe, but they say that they are. And what do the Democrats say? Well, give us your guns to leave you exposed to the police. See, I believe in the Second Amendment because just like what John Locke said, John Locke said that you are supposed to preserve your body so you can serve God. You're no good if your legs are broken, if your head is beat in. So you've got to protect yourself so you can go out there and do God's will. So I believe in self-preservation. I believe in self-defense. I believe in my freedom of religion. I believe that we are supposed to make sure that our children can get a Christian education if you want one. Right now, we're allowing our children to go to secular schools that will teach them transgenderism, LGBTQ, teach them evolution. But you better not say the word the, the, the name of Jesus Christ, even though based upon the founding documents of this country, our rights come from our creator. Yet they teach them that we have no creator. So how can you learn to be an American, see, if you cannot learn about God? Man, I it's ridiculous. This is why we have this conundrum in this nation. Man. All of this starts from our, from our belief wholeheartedly in God. And if we don't have that, we do not have a nation, and these leftists know it. And that's why they're trying to tear down. And people without God, as you see in the streets, are burning this country to the ground. It's not people like me and you. There are people out there that will not call the name of Jesus, will not believe that he can save them from their sins and he can help them build and live a better life in peace. It's not about possessions. It's about knowing that in God you have peace, that you have tranquility. And all things are possible. You know, Vince, uh, my home church pastor, Dr. Edward Jones, uh, uh, senior of Galilee Baptist Church, he always said this, Vince, and it comes to mind as I hear you talk. He said, good preaching loves to hear good preaching. And, man, I love to hear you talk, brother. I really, really do. Listen, God bless you, and God keep you is my my prayer. And uh, continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will because you are Vince Ellison. And uh, thank you so much for being on with me. I will see you at the inauguration ball. All right, brother? We'll be there. We'll be there. All right. Looking forward to it. God bless you. God bless you, man. I love you. Love you. Bye now.